Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 336. It is Monday, April 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and eight states can't do vehicle inspections due to malware. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning and happy Monday. Welcome to another week of cybersecurity news and proactive IT tips and ransomware and phishing and all the data breaches and all the good stuff that comes with it. We're happy you're here. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type get HIPAA compliance into the search and join the group. Uh, just a quick note, we will not be recording for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week and Monday of next week, Monday and Tuesday of next week. So we will be off the podcast airwaves for five days. No Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, WTF. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get it. Or Monday and Tuesday of next week. So come back. We will record for tomorrow, and then we will be back next Wednesday. Sorry to disappoint you guys. All right. um, VMware releases security update. You may already know this if you work within VMware, but VMware Carbon Black Cloud Workload Appliance, there was a vulnerability with that that is being addressed with VMSA. 2021-0005. So you should review that and take the necessary steps, apply the update, and any other mitigation that is involved. FBI APTs actively exploiting Fortinet VPN security holes. I saw this a few different places, but this is on ThreatPost. Three security vulnerabilities in the Fortinet SSL VPN that we've talked about previously are being used to gain a foothold within networks before moving laterally and carrying out recon. So they're getting in through Fortinet. The bug is tracked as CVE 2018-13379, which means that it's a few years old now, three, you know, between three and four, or I'm sorry, between two and three. Uh, I'm I'm good at math. Um, That's one of them. Then there's one 2019-5591 and then 2020-12812. These are three different vulnerabilities, all three being used. Um... But if you had not patched, none of them are recent. And if you haven't taken care of those yet, then you could be exposed. Um, There is a list of mitigation steps here, but the first one, of course, is to patch, especially the 2018 and 2019. Come on, guys, that should have been taken care of. Use the MFA wherever possible. Require administrator credentials to install software. Implement network segmentation. These are all basic things that you should be doing anyway. Um, but here it is. So get those patched. Uh, they're getting in through Fortinet and then they are doing recon, which means they're looking for what else they can mess with steal or encrypt or, you know, whatever damage they can do. So don't let that happen to you. The hacker news and everywhere. I've, I was emailed this story before I even saw it. So what does that tell you? 533 million Facebook users, phone numbers and personal data leaked online. I did a quick review of this. There is um, 32 million users in the U.S., so roughly 10% of the U.S. population. And of that, 
of the 533 million, the majority of them were phone numbers that were were um, breached or stolen. There were 2.5 million email addresses that were included in that breach. It does not say how many of those were from the U.S. You can go to haveibeenpawned.com, and it's have, H-A-V-E-I-B-E-E-N-P, wned.com put your email whatever email address you're using on facebook put it in there and it will tell you if your email address has is part of this breach it will not tell you if your phone number is unfortunately um 533 million records this is going back these records were stolen actually a while ago but they're now being shared on a uh, on some type of form somewhere Brown University hit by cyber attacks. Some systems still offline. This was on Friday. Yes, Friday. This was reported. And uh, you may or may not know, we did not record for Friday this past week. It was a holiday. I forgot to say that on Thursday. I apologize. Brown University, a private U.S. research university, had to disable systems and cut connections to the data center after suffering a cyber attack on Tuesday. The Ivy League school... IT staff said the attack focused on the university's window-based devices and asked faculty and staff to switch to computers running other operating systems, smartphones, or tab- tablets. So I'd assume Chromebooks um, or Macs and then your, your mobile devices. So they are still down, I believe. Looks like they're still down or still, still not down, but still suggesting that you use those other devices, alternative devices. Capital One notifies more clients of social security numbers exposed in 2019 data breach. That's nice of them almost two years later. U.S. Bank Capital One notified additional customers that their social security numbers were exposed in a data breach announced in July of 2019. The day the breach was disclosed, the Department of Justice arrested and indicted the suspected hacker, former Amazon Web Services employee Paige Thompson, who posted about the stealing about stealing data on GitHub after infiltrating Capital One's AWS cloud servers. Now now that I'm reading this, I do remember this happening, um, this occurring two years ago, almost two years ago. So it was July of 2019. They are now finding more social security numbers. I don't see numbers as, you know, as, to f- as far as who, how many people were, how many additional people were impacted. Um, but just know that you may be getting a letter from Capital One saying that your social security number was also involved. On bleeping computer, ubiquity cyber attack may be far worse than originally disclosed. The data breach report from ubiquity in January is allegedly a cover-up of a massive incident that put at risk customer data and devices deployed on corporate and home networks. In the short communication, the company said that an attacker had access to some of its IT systems hosted by a third-party cloud provider and that it found no indication of unauthorized activity impacting user accounts. Despite any evidence of access to any databases with user info, Ubiquity could not guarantee that user details had not been exposed. Because of this, the company encouraged changing the login password and enabling two-factor authentication. According to someone involved in the breach response that spoke to Brian Krebs under the condition of anonymity, Ubiquity greatly downplayed the intrusion to protect its stock price, which that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. 
despite any, any evidence. Oh, sorry. Apparently, the company started investigating the incident in December of 2020, and the hackers had administrator level permissions to ubiquities databases hosted in Amazon Web Services. It is alleged. It is alleged that the attacker had root privilege over all ubiquity AWS accounts, counting all S3 data buckets, application logs, databases, user credentials, and the secrets to forge single sign-on cookies. This level of access allows authentication to cloud-based devices such as Unify, line of wired and wireless products dispersed across the world. Ubiquity noticed it in late December. Multiple Linux virtual machines that the intruder had set up. A closer, closer examination revealed a backdoor on their infrastructure, which the company removed in the first week of January. It seems that the action triggered a response from the hacker who asked for 50 bitcoins to keep silent about the breach. According to the report, the intruder also proved that they had exfiltrated source code from Ubiquity systems. The extortion attempt also came where they promised to reveal where a second backdoor had been planted. The incident response team found the second malware and removed it, though. So there you have it. Um, I don't know where 50 Bitcoin sits these days. Let me see. I believe that will be around 300,000. Three, is it 3 million maybe? I don't know. Math, math eludes me. Yeah, it is. I was right. $2.889 million. It's a, it's a big chunk of change there. Ransomware gang leaks data from Stanford and Maryland universities. This is going to go back to the Klopp ransomware um, gang who breached the Acelion file transfer appliance software. They stole data from Colorado and Miami universities, or I'm sorry, not Colorado. They did steal from Colorado, but also Stanford and Maryland universities. They are leaking that data now. They've also, as I said, stolen data from Colorado and Miami. And Miami was actually a HIPAA breach because of the data that was stolen. Microsoft outage, outage caused by overloaded Azure DNS servers. This was late Friday, I believe. Oh, it, says, oh, it was Thursday, sorry. I thought there was something on Friday too, but maybe I'm wrong. So people were unable to um, sign into Xbox Live, Microsoft Office, SharePoint Online, Microsoft Intune, Dynamics 365, Teams, Skype, Exchange Online, OneDrive, Yammer, Power BI, Power Apps, OneNote, Microsoft Managed Desktop, and Microsoft Streams. This happened 5.21 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Oh, maybe I was thinking Friday because Friday was a holiday, so Thursday was Friday last week. Um, I did see this. I did not experience this, and none of my clients experienced this that I am aware of. Um, but I got to say Microsoft has experienced Quite a quite a number of these problems in the last few months. So hopefully they get it together because my clients are going to start complaining. And lastly, malware attack is preventing car inspections in eight states. You may remember last week I mentioned that Connecticut was having this problem. Well, there was actually eight states that were having this problem. And those eight states are Connecticut, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Massachusetts, Utah, and Wisconsin. So it says a malware cyber attack and emissions testing company App App Plus, I guess, A P P L U S Technologies is preventing vehicle inspections in eight states, the states I just listed. On Tuesday of last week, so almost a week ago now, vehicle emissions testing platform App Plus 
Technology suffered a malware attack that caused them to disconnect their IT systems. Unfortunately, incidents such as this are fairly common and no one is immune, said Darren Green, CEO of U.S. entity Atlas Technologies, Inc. We apologize for any inconvenience that this incident may cause. We know our customers and many vehicle owners rely on our technology and we are committed to restoring normal operations as quickly as possible. At this time, App Plus Technologies cannot provide a time frame for when they will restore services. State governments require them to go through a rigorous mitigation and testing process, which, you know, makes sense. Um, so if you're in any of those eight states as of right now, you are still unable to get, you know, in Connecticut, I know we cannot do an emissions test right now, um, which kind of sucks because if you got to get it done, I could just see all kinds of problems coming from this where they say, well, you know, you didn't get it done on time. So now it's an, I think they charge double if you don't get it done on time. I don't remember, but something like that. And, uh, here it is. You can't even get it done. So if you're getting emissions done, oh, it says here will not likely be available through April 6th. So you're looking at least Wednesday or at the earliest, um, if you're planning on getting emissions done, I would just check with with uh, Connecticut DMV. Good luck with that. Hopefully nobody in the DMV department listens to this. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.